Hello and welcome. You're streaming another stellar episode of Mac Watson Talks, voted best podcast of 2022 by the readers of Phoenix Magazine. On this episode, dodging porta potties on the highway, we'll talk about it. Also, what does the Build Back Better agenda have to do with this new Inflation Reduction Act? It's not good. We'll talk about that as well. And Governor Doug Ducey takes action on the border wall, but not everybody's happy. We'll talk about that as well. Also, we're off for a week on vacation, so we won't see you or hear from you in a couple of days. That and a whole lot more is coming up, so let's get started. This is episode 212. Well, it's that time of year, and you know what that means. Monsoon season. A lot of monsoons in Arizona. Yep. Well, I mean, there's rain everywhere in the country this time of year, if if the rain gods decide to grant us that kind of moisture, right? That's true. But as of Friday, thousands of utility customers are without power after monsoon storms moved through the valley Friday afternoon. At one point, over 14,000 customers were without power. These are people who live in areas of Phoenix primarily where they still have utility lines that's above right. ground. <laughs> that's right. Luckily, we did not live in an area that had utility grounds uh, or utility lines above ground, so we never really got hit with I power outages. I have only experienced two power outages in the entire 12 years I lived in Phoenix. Oh, really? Once was because of some construction that was going on when I lived in Surprise, where they had hit a main utility line, like well, underground. Well, that'll do it, yeah. And then the w- one that we had at together you and i at our house that was near sort of tatum and shay was because (laughs) because the winds blew down these power lines and pulled like a transformer somehow or somehow sparked a transformer something it happened like along shay and i mean it was out for like i don't know seven or eight hours yeah that's true i do remember that it was hot and yeah it was it was it was miserable it was absolutely miserable was that in was that in the summer though? Was that in during monsoon season? It was in August of twenty eighteen, maybe or okay. twenty seventeen. I can't I remember how. which one of those. But I know it was in August because I was, I was headed to what's called leadership for Seroptimus. Okay. And the power was out, and you were like, "You can't leave town with the power out." That's right. <laughs> That's right. I do remember that now. But I can leave town when the power is out because you are a capable human being. Mm. But the power came back on and you were fine. I was fine. But this year, no exception. We're seeing power outages because of monsoons. That's right. Uh, Do we live in an area now in Wyoming that has uh, lines out? You know, in our particular neighborhood, they don't have a lot of power lines. You don't see them. Um, but like down where our rental is, power lines everywhere. Oh, that's right. So yeah. it just depends on the part of town you're in. But I was just talking to our neighbor last night, and he said, you know, usually when there's a lightning storm, it hits the transformer that's actually up on the hill. Well, that's not good. Because the transformer for this area of town is like up on that hill sort of behind the golf course. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah, I am Weird. too. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Also in the news, uh, talking about the valley, El Mirage police say all children are safe following reports that an armed man tried to enter an elementary school late Friday morning. Three parents, including one who had a gun, were also arrested by police after a confrontation with officers. Now, you know what this is in response to, right? No. What the heck is going on? Uvalde. Uvalde, Texas. Right, but why were the parents suddenly there with guns? Because they wanted were to make they, sure like, their they, kids like, were getting out. to like the scanner or something? I don't know, but <laughs> staff members at Thompson Ranch Elementary School called 911 about 10, 10.30 to report a suspicious man who was trying to get in the building. The building was immediately placed on lockdown 
As officers arrived, police say the suspect ran towards the river bottom. El Mirage police and other law by, nearby law enforcement agencies quickly responded and began searching the school and surrounding areas. Well, a short time later, El Mirage police reported they were unable to find the man, but they did locate a suspicious package. Children and staff were cleared of the area. A bomb squad was called in to check out the, the package and deemed it safe. Lieutenant- Turns out it was just the fourth grader's teacher getting an Amazon delivery. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> According to Jimmy Chavez with El Mirage Police, parents started showing up after receiving calls from their kids. That's it wasn't the scanner. They got they started oh, getting Lord, phone calls. Please. I mean, I don't I I don't agree with kids having their phones at school. I mean, especially in elementary school. There's just no reason for it. You don't think so? You know what? I expect like my my kind of theory on it is I expect my child to be where they say they're going to be when school gets out. Okay. And I don't want, I mean, if they really need to change their plans, then go to the office and use a phone and call me. They don't need to carry around a phone for me to be able to be in contact with them. But some parents would say, I, I want to know ha- where my I, child is. I don't is. have that kind of helicoptering going on. I just don't feel that need to have constant, I don't know, attachment to my child. Though as my child gets older, I recognize that her having a phone with her allows me to make sure she is where she's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> But when would you let her have a phone in high school, I guess? Or I need, would she you know, need a phone in high school? I mean, I think, yeah, by high school she'll be able – she will. Because things change, and that way she has – but but again, they're not supposed to – they're not even supposed to have them in class. They're supposed to leave them in their lockers. Right. So, right. you know, I mean, I guess that's different in elementary school because they don't have lockers. But, you know, I, it just – I think I don't you can't be too careful about having somebody suspicious trying to get into the school, but we don't need parents showing up doing vigilante justice with their own guns. That seems crazy. It's when uh, the the parents showed up that the officer said that's when some parents became confrontational with police, with some saying they were going to come in to protect the kids. So there was nobody in the school. Right. Then a person never right. gained access to the school. So people were really like, I mean, in hindsight, were overreacting. And if he headed towards the river bottom, he probably lives in one of the river bottom camps, which yeah, means maybe. he's homeless. Chavez says the situation escalated and three parents were arrested. But it didn't escalate because of the person trying to get in the school. No. It escalated no. because parents showed up with guns. Right. Exactly. Police confirmed one of the parents taken into custody had a gun. Officers used a stun gun on two parents, and had, and one had to be taken to the hospital. Chavez says all three parents will be charged. So right, you I mean, you, again, you're not I, allowed to go in and tell law, like, and, and interfere with law enforcement. That is actually against the law. I know, I know, but I can understand. And pointing why a gun at so a law worried. enforcement officer also against the law. Yeah, well, yeah. But we don't know if they pointed a gun to, toward the officer. We have no idea. But they but know they, one guy like showed up with a gun. They were threatening him, saying, we're going in no matter what. You're, you're telling law enforcement you're going to do something when they've given you a direct order to do something different? Right. Yeah. Right, you're going to be taken down. You're going to mm-hmm. be stunned. Mm-hmm. A stun gun. Don't be stunned when you're stunned by a stun gun. I mean, I understand. Like, we live in a crazy time where people do crazy things, but... Well, can't you understand the parents' worry, though, because but of Uvalde? You, I can, but you can't think that every single incident at the school is going to be a Uvalde. And you can't expect that every law enforcement you know, agency is going to respond the way that it happened in Uvalde. And so I think really... Not that, that that was, it's sort of isolated. In some ways it is isolated. Because, and it's also because there's, weird, there's lots of incidents that are, that are 
avoided, diffused, and we don't even hear about them in the national news yeah, all the time true. because that's law enforcement true. knows their job and knows how to do it. And they do it best when they don't have parents wandering around with guns. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand where the parents are coming from, wanting to be make sure their children are safe. But you can't interfere with, with law enforcement. That's just wrong. Well, and, and if you do, then you, then that's the problem is they don't know. Like, you're going to get trigger happy. They are all trained. They don't right. get trigger happy like that's not how well that was part are. of the problem right. with uvalde then nobody went into to to confront until a border patrol agent went in to confront well, really the, the problem with uvalde shooter. had to do with leadership not with training of the yeah. actual agency the right. agency knew what it was supposed to do but leadership was telling they also uh, part of being a part of an agency or being in law enforcement is following commands right because that's how you keep everybody safe and the leadership was the problem there, not the individual officers and not even the agency protocols. It was simply that the leadership wasn't following those protocols. Right, right. Also in the news this week down in Yuma, we know people in Yuma. Mm, yeah. Arizona has begun building a barrier of shipping containers. Get this. Along what, the border, a barrier along the border? Along the border in Yuma, they are putting shipping containers that are that are like 18 feet high with four feet of razor wire on top and are welding them together. So, and because why? The fence fell down? Citing a lack of action from the Biden administration on resuming construction on the border wall. Oh, so it's like at the end of the fence, they're like, well, we got to keep building this fence, so we're just going to put a bunch of shipping containers and weld some barbed yeah. wire to the top of yeah. it. Yeah. Governor Doug Ducey Great, made and if the you have a 20-foot ladder, it's not going to matter. Because it's 18 feet tall with barbed wire on top, you get a 20-foot ladder, you're over the top. Yeah, but how do you get over the top with the razor wire? That's four feet. How okay, do you so smash you it down? Okay, so you have a 25-foot ladder. Oh, okay. I mean, that's the thing. You can Once you're up at the top, you can jump over it. So you're using the Janet Napolitano, the former governor of Arizona's yeah, I mean, rationale. <laughs> the thing about the border is that, yes, having border barriers will, you know, deter some people, but... People that are very determined will find a way in. And the better thing is we need to have policies and and relations in place with our neighbors. That Nobody's sneaking across the Canadian border, right? Why? Because in Canada... Well, you know why. Right? There's the conditions... Like, the government in Canada, the conditions in Canada... Like, there's no reason to be sneaking... I mean, the only thing they're sneaking back and forth between Canada... And this is a true story. Like, some trivia pursuit for you. Are toilets, because... What? Because in Canada they don't have all the rules about about the low flow toilets, and so people in Canada they don't they don't so people go and buy toilets in Canada and try to sneak them back into the U.S. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> but but other than that, there's I mean like, apparently we just don't like having low flow toilets. But otherwise, um, and that's us sneaking stuff back in. That's not even people trying to sneak in. It's like, right. It's goods and services. So the problem really, I mean, we, we're not looking at the real problem here. The real problem isn't like we don't have a big enough fence because if we had a big enough fence, it would it'd be like the Canadians who stay the heck home. No, it doesn't have anything to do with the fence that we have in the north because there is no fence up there. There's no fence, you know. You know. Oh yeah, you know, eh? Governor Doug Ducey made the announcement saying construction began on Friday and is separate from action promised by the Biden administration in late July. So the Biden administration has really fallen down and can't get up as far as the border wall. So Doug Ducey took it upon himself and got some action. So, yeah. okay. so they've fallen down in terms of the border wall because they understand that the border wall isn't the problem. The problem isn't that we don't have a big enough wall. You know, like they actually understand that the the problem is, is that we need to have better relations, that we need to work with them on human rights violations that, you know. But if you have a place in the wall that doesn't have anything there, 
I mean, wouldn't you want to finish it just to finish it? I mean, instead of it just leaving a gaping hole in the wall. We're not talking about fixing holes. You said it was they were adding to the to the fence that was not like the ends of it. Right, right. But I think it's to cover up the hole that they for I mean, that they haven't finished. If there's a hole in it, I mean, that should there should be funds for maintaining the fence. That's just part of border security. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just I think that's not we don't have all the information. But as an overall policy matter. There isn't, we don't need a policy of better fences. We need a policy of, of better relations, of better aid, a better, you know. People are still going to want to come here, though, because of the economy. That's right. the thing. We have to de-incentivize the, the economy. Well, you know, How we, do you do that? And Well, part of it is we live next to, we depend on labor from third world countries and goods and services from third world countries, but we don't like it when they come here. Like we only want them here for what we want them here for, but right. we don't want them here for we any other reason. Right. And so I think we need to also re-examine how we treat other countries because, you know, they're making cars in Mexico. Why? Because it's cheaper and then we can sell them here for more money. That's true. So, you know, the, we are part of the problem. All of us, consumers, consumerism is part of the problem. But we're not going to solve it with consumerism. We're not going to solve it with a better fence either. In late July, the Biden administration authorized the completion of the wall in the area, which has become one of the busiest corridors for illegal crossings. But it hasn't begun yet. So a timetable for border wall construction to resume by fe- the federal government has not been released. So I'm glad Doug Ducey did something. At least yeah. he did something and p- tried to plug the wall uh, with razor wire and, and, and shipping containers. Let's see if it works. Right, and the optics of it look really good for Ducey. Now, why is that? Why do the optics do, look? Because he's doing something when the feds won't. Oh, right, exactly. Right, yeah, so. yeah, that's right. I thought you meant something else, that it, <laughs> that a border wall looks better with shipping containers than it does the border wall. No, I don't think it's not okay. visually a visually like beautiful wall, but I don't think there's anything about border walls that are visually beautiful things. Well, that's true. That is true. But good good fences make good neighbors, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we're not just talking about neighbors. We're talking about foreign policy. That's true. Totally different thing. Speaking of foreign policy, let's talk national news. This happened over the week. Over the week, search documents were released by the court on Friday after the FBI executed an unprecedented raid on former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida on Monday. Now, the FBI was searching for evidence that sources tell ABC News is tied to his alleged mishandling of classified documents. Why has this become such a huge issue? I'll, I'll tell you this. I read this. This is from one of my friends who's an attorney. Um, and, I, and so I want to share it with everyone because I think it's very succinctly written. The whole thing is super duper uncomplicated. Trump took boxes of documents, including classified documents, to his house when he left office. This violated a number of laws about keeping and storing of presidential papers and classified documents. Some of those laws are felonies created by Trump himself. Right. He then violated court orders demanding the return of the documents. And then finally, after giving him years to comply, a federal judge issued a warrant, which was executed. The documents were recovered. That's it. That's the whole story. But the timing of it, doesn't the timing of it look bad? What had the timing of it? They've given him all this time. Let me tell you what. If I worked for the government and took home classified documents, guess what? They wouldn't give me a year and a half to return those documents. They'd arrest you, right? They wouldn't even like give, they wouldn't even like pleasantly ask me or sternly ask me. They would just arrest me. Yeah. 
get a search warrant, and find the documents. He had lots and lots and lots of time to comply that the rest of us would not get if we were in the same situation. Why did he take them in the first place, though? That's what I don't understand. If you know that documents aren't supposed to be taken, why bother taking them? And if they have anything to do with nuclear capabilities, who cares what the nuclear capability well, we of France is? We don't know what the documents necessarily have to do with because they're classified. So they wouldn't be things that would be released to the public anyways. But unlike any other president before him, he had no... Like, he didn't spend his time thinking about, as documents were created, about what that looks like in terms of, like, a presidential legacy and, yeah. pre and presidential libraries, which all presidents create once they leave office. He really just plowed through all kinds of things, put out all kinds of documents and, and you know, made all kinds of declarations without thinking about, like, in the long term, what's that, that look like? And he really had no... He, he didn't have any, I don't even know what Awareness, self-awareness? I don't know if it's an awareness or, or like an appreciation for why we classify documents. Like, why is it that we keep certain things from the public? Because it's not good for national security is, is like a primary reason. And, yeah. be, and uh, also because there are certain things that are, that are, you know, not even classified, but that are that are confidential, which are totally different than classified. That's like, um, you know, personnel files. So I, I just think that he had he just thinks he can do whatever he wants. And he wanted those documents. And so he took them. Trump, of course, denies I just want to know who doing. are the people that carried those documents out of the White House? Probably movers. Was it like it was just know, a bunch like, of files like two guys in a moving van? Yeah, or right. was it like two the, guys in a truck, the official federal government moving you know, brigade. I mean, who like and, and then was he standing there like I take these 18 boxes, even though you're not supposed to. And it, probably not. I they were probably unmarked. There, yeah. There's just so many parts about it that are like we don't know all of the answers to yet. And obviously the feds don't have to tell you their case as they're building it. And they're clearly building a case. Well, but the thing the is, filing... is, he's still walking free. And the rest of us, if we had a search warrant like executed and documents were found in in our possession that were classified we would be arrested while those documents were being retrieved and he wasn't right trump so, denies any wrongdoing but the filing which includes two attachments indicates that the justice department is in search of the mar-a-lago estate is investigating potential violation of at least three separate criminal statutes including a statute under the espionage act right but you don't get to see the affidavits that accompany the request for a search warrant those parts are kept, they, they release the search warrant, but you don't get to see the affidavits that say, here's what we're looking for, here's where we think it is, here's, here's what we know about it. Because again, the, the government doesn't have to give away its case before it brings it. It's, it's investigating. Right. And, and, and that, happens, that happens in a regular criminal case that, where they don't give away everything, except for the fact that when they actually find classified documents in a regular criminal case, somebody would be arrested. So... But I also understand why he isn't arrested. Do you, you no, understand is, that? No, the why? reason why is because they're going to bring this case against him without arresting him. And he's going to have to show up on his own recognizance or then they'll issue, then they'll issue a bench warrant for his arrest. For if his he, arrest, his, right. If he doesn't show up at, at his own trial. Because they don't want the nightmare. What happens when you have a president? In, that's not even like Martha Stewart. You know, like Martha. Right. Like she, was she her, went to prison. She was her own level of like of administrative sort of nightmare of administering um, a prison population with somebody who's very famous in it. 
When you have a president in there, a president who is allowed to have Secret Service detail for the rest of his life and he's in prison, like that is a nightmare. That is a nightmare. Nobody wants him in their prison unless he's convicted. I mean, nobody wants him in his prison, period. But they don't they definitely don't want somebody pre-trial or pre-conviction that is that famous. They'd much rather that person be have a bond and be showing up on their own recognizance so that nobody has to be in charge of their incarceration. Is it also a, a, a sense of let him hang himself? I don't know just if it let is. him keep going. I don't know if it is, if it's that or not, but I do think there's a there's a huge amount of like people are like, why hasn't he been arrested? Why? Because every like even you know small town you know sheriff could tell you, I don't want somebody like that in my jail. That's a pain in the butt. Right. Under the receipt showing property that was seized from Trump's estate, agents note that they recovered eleven sets of documents and various classifications, ranging from confidential to top secret and sensitive compartmented information. Including things found in his own safe. So if it's his safe, he's the one who knows how to open his safe. It's not like it accidentally ended up in his safe. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, he's hung himself just by the by the, the small... But his own admission of saying, they, even they got even broke into my safe while they were here. And so the rest of us are all like, oh, thanks for letting us know. You're an idiot. <laughs> that's just some of the news this week. Thanks, Cricket. Thank you, Mac. And remember, for everyone, we are going to be on vacation next week, so we'll see you in two weeks. Mac Watson Talks, award-winning, Best of the Valley 2022. Are you getting our bonus episodes, or are you just getting the episodes that you're listening to right now on your favorite podcast platforms? If you're not getting bonus material every week, you need to go to patreon.com slash Talks to get all the greatest latest on what's happening with the watsons our crazy childhood stories you want to know what you're missing well here's just a snippet oh my gosh she's just like so mad why do you get an iphone 13 and i just get an iphone 10 oh how about you get an iphone zero my friend turned 12 (laughs) and guess what they got an iphone 12 i know good for your friend I'm like you can have an you have an iPhone zero right now because you took it in the water. So, <laughs> <laughs> want to hear the rest? Go to Patreon.com/slash MacWatsonTalks. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and for as little as five dollars a month, you get a bonus episode every week. Plus, you can catch up on seventy bonus episodes over the last two years. So, what are you waiting for? Go to Patreon.com today. Time for the smackdown, and this time I'm smacking down President Biden. The U.S. House of Representatives passed the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 on Friday, clearing the way for President Biden to sign the biggest investment in combating climate change in the nation's history. The legislation was an unexpected resurrection of some pieces of Biden's Build Back Better agenda, pulled together in a surprising deal by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, the most conservative member of the Democratic caucus. The bill moved quickly. A deal was announced on July 27th. It passed the Senate on August 7th and cleared the House only days later. With four Republican House members not voting, the bill was passed with unanimous support from House Democrats but no Republican votes. 
The Senate vote was also divided along party lines at 50-50, with all Republicans in opposition and Vice President Kamala Harris casting the tie-breaking vote. The Inflation Reduction Act will basically assign $369 billion, that's right, billion dollars, to the mitigation of climate change over 10 years by making electric vehicles more affordable, developing clean energy and improving energy efficiency in everything from home appliances to industrial processes. It also fulfills a long Democratic campaign promise of lowering prescription drug prices by allowing Medicare to directly negotiate with pharmaceutical companies, which would cap out-of-pocket drug costs for older Americans. It would also provide subsidies for Obamacare premiums set to expire, keeping health care costs down for many Americans. But here's the other part that I don't like, the smackdown. Funding the bill will come from raising taxes on some corporations making over a billion dollars annually in profits, taxing corporate stock buybacks, and funding the IRS to better go after tax cheats. The total legislative package is projected to lower the federal deficit by as much as $300 billion over the next decade, but they're going after people making less than $250,000. Most people most Americans don't make over a hundred grand. Where are all these IRS agents going to go? They're going to be crawling all over your taxes. And that is the SmackDown. You hear the music, you know what that means. It's time for the last word. A flatbed truck lost several portable toilets while traveling in Wisconsin, leaving drivers to dodge them on the highway. I see a porta potty flying back at me and I tried my best to swerve out of the way, but it hit my driver's side, causing me to pull over. So says driver Alex Hilario. Another driver, Vern Hicks, said some of the items on the highway seemed to appear out of nowhere. I didn't know what it was at first until I hit it and thought, I just hit a porta john in the middle of I-94, Hicks said. According to Hicks, his car had serious damage and might have to be totaled. Boy, that is crappy. Oh, you saw it coming a mile away, didn't you? Of course you did. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Mac Watson Talks. This episode is copyrighted and may not be reproduced in whole or part without express written permission. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon, and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, share us with your friends. We love new listeners. Music